There is a dark place, but I'm not going there. No, no, not on my way. There is a dark place, but I'm not going there. No, no, not on my way. Hi, I'm Jordan. Santa. Is it really you? Yes. Give me all the cookies and milk in your house. But make it oat milk because I am allergic to dairy. That's fantastic. That's all I had anyways. It's yeah. Odie. Uh, and welcome to... You are on the naughty list for making such a weird, weird word joke that I'm not sure if it was a pun or a play on words or you just said Odie. It's bad humor. You're supposed to have a, aren't you supposed to have a nominated for best podcast comedy 2020? I don't know what podcast they were listening to. Well, uh, looks like another stocking full of coal for you. Great. I'm Lex. Oh, hey Lex, thanks for joining us. I'm not Santa. It's O. Santa isn't real. <gasps> we can't say that on the podcast. I'm going to have to bleep that out. Birds aren't real. Santa's not real. Okay, birds aren't real. Pants like, aren't real. Pants are also not real. Like, one of these things is not like the other in this case, because Santa's very real. Pants are an illusion, just like death. Name that show. Is that from a show, or are we building a show off of that? No, it's, it's from a TV show. As I live and breathe, pants are an illusion, just like death. I think that's the quote. Or, and so is death. Is it Cutthroat Kitchen? Oh. I mean, okay, you know, of all the shows that you could have guessed, that does seem the most, like, that seems the most likely. From the quote, <laughs> without any context, I I think that was a very educated guess, and I appreciate that. I but no, it is, in fact, uh, first of two parts of the mid-season finale of book three of Avatar The Last Airbender, Fire. It's the episode where they are invading the Fire Nation during a solar e- eclipse. Oh. It's the darkest day in Fire Nation history. And the weird swamp dude who ah, okay. doesn't wear pants. Mm. And then someone makes a comment about how he doesn't wear pants, and he's like, pants are an illusion. So is death. I that, That's very funny. That tracks. That makes a lot of sense. I was wondering if this was like an emperor's new clothes kind of thing, where like, you know, the pants are an illusion, and the dude's just got his ass out, or, okay. That makes sense, though. Mm-hmm. Right on. Um, this is Or Learn Parkour. It's a uh, podcast. About ADHD. Emphasis on... The D. I heard it. I heard it when you said it, and I didn't want to go there, but here we are. Ho, ho, ho. Guess that's what you're getting it's for Christmas. It's me, horny Santa. I don't like this bit. A-D-H-D. Mom, come pick me up. I want to go home. <laughs> uh, I did warn you that I would have some energy for you. Um, you did, but I was still not prepared. Yeah, currently in the studs today we're doing studs you get to do social meds i'm gonna say studs come up with your own style of abbreviation come on come up with your own style of abbreviation yeah you could have gone like common the common english and otherwise language mechanic where you just shorten words and it's the same everyone shortens words 
you don't have a monopoly on that. Who are you, Mark Zuckerberg? No, God, you don't no. have a monopoly on anything. <laughs> Jordan, Jordan, listen well, to I'm me. I'm just saying there's a lot of range. You could have put an S at the end, like Meads. You could have put like a Y at the end and made like a cute little nickname, like Stewie. I did put an S at the end. I said Stewds. And if you play the record back. No, I know you said Judge stude. and jury. You just said I didn't use an S. Judge and jury, she's not even I... making any sense. I demand order in the court. Can you maybe not hit the table that the mic is on, please? That's what I would like for Christmas. Okay. Thank you. May I also just point out, though, you do that shit all the time when we're recording. <laughs> I will also try and stop doing it if okay. it makes you feel better. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, in the studio here, mm-hmm. I'm just wrapped up in a fuzzy blanket. You sure are. And for the first time in Oral Learn Parkour history, I am not the one behind the computer. This is true. This is true. I am... Uh... To use a vaguely festive metaphor, taking the reins of this here sleigh. And uh, the mic's hooked up to my computer. I don't know if that's notable or not. It's not super notable, but it, it does make sense in the context of me hitting the table. This is and true. And you being very taken aback. This is true. It does. But I'm glad that you get to sit back and relax and have your, your sody and your fluffy, cozy blanket because it's cozy season. Yes. Here we are. In the holidays, we are recording on the evening of the 10th, so I believe that Hanukkah is just starting. Happy Hanukkah for folks who celebrate. We are... Yeah, happy Hanukkah. ...sprinting at an alarming pace towards many other winter holidays. We got Christmas, we got Festivus, we got Kwanzaa, we got New Year's, we got Yule, we got all kinds of reasons to eat, as I see it. So we're here today to... Me, hope, hopefully you are eating outside of holidays. Oh, yeah. No, I yes, I am. Okay, I am. I just want to <laughs> add that blanket statement there. Please eat. That's and... a very fair caveat. <laughs> I am eating normal food, but now I get to eat holiday food. Like peppermint things. Mm-hmm. Big fan of peppermint season. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I won't lie. First peppermint mocha of the season, way bigger deal to me than my first pumpkin spice latte of the season. Like... Eh, that's fine. But like first morning that is like crisp enough, you go, you get that red cup or whatever color they are this season, but you get your Starbucks cup, you get that little, you know, cold spicy, you get that creamy chocolate, you get the whip on top. Mm -hmm. It's it's a near and dear holiday experience to my heart. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, I roll up to Starbucks and I'm like, hey, can I get a venti peach green tea lemonade in December? Thank you. Yes, sweetened. Yes. I respect your consistency. We need that in the world today. I can't have coffee. So that's okay. More for me. Yes. Well, Works out great. Ho- hopefully you don't just. Wow. Okay. Let's say that I was going to drink coffee. Mm-hmm. Let's take the one month that I did drink coffee oh, and you drank that coffee as well as the coffee you already drank. You would be dead. How much coffee did you drink that month? Uh, Each day I was averaging about like I was having lattes and cold brews, mm-hmm. but the cold brews I did not realize were the concentrated. Oh god! Well, yeah, no. So like, yeah, I give did or that take once. like two cold brews and like a <laughs> latte. Uh, yeah, I did just the cold brew by myself once. I thought I was gonna be like a little crafty beaver and make my own. Soaked it overnight. Got those coffee grounds in there. Made my own cold brew. Was like, oh. 
this makes sense. You filter out the grounds, and why would I keep reading the directions? Then you have coffee. Mm-hmm. Did not realize you were supposed to dilute it. Mm-hmm. And I just drank it straight on my way to work, and I got to the Damon Blue Line station, and I was like, this seems like a normal morning. Why am I having an anxiety attack? It was the cold brew. Yeah, no, so I, I actually am going to say mm-hmm. not more for you. Just drink the amount of caffeine that you are comfortable with and that your body feels good about. Okay. Thank you for that little kernel of wisdom. I gotta bring something useful to the table. <laughs> Besides horny Santa? That, that's what I'm saying. That's not useful. No, it isn't. So, you know, I gotta bring something. Okay, so, um... We are in the studio today with Jordan and Lex and horny Santa and... Don't why let is him stay Starbucks? in don't let him stay in the space. No, yeah. Horny Santa, you can you can go. I'm sure you have a lot to do tonight. Ho 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 I hate you so much. Oh, you're the worst person that I know. <laughs> okay. Oh, y'all, I am so sleepy. <sighs> and yet you bring such energy to this blanket fort. Mm-hmm. I respect your whatever it is you've got going on mm-hmm. there. I don't know. That's okay. I don't even know what I've got going on over here. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jordan has to live with me. So, like... Well, I feel like it balances out because you also have to live with me, so... I guess. I Well, and I will say, if I'm sleepy, I usually just go sleep. That's fair. So, and I think you also do that. So yeah. we don't normally overlap too much. In sleepiness, no. Because yeah. I think my main sleepiness allotment is mornings. Mm-hmm. And we are not around each other in the morning. So either mm-hmm. I'm out of the house way before you're awake mm-hmm. or I am asleep. When I leave. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So... Yeah. You don't ever have to put up with tired Jordan because she's she's the worst. Well, yeah, I guess I wouldn't know because I haven't spent much time around morning Jordan. That's Morden. Morden. <laughs> we are joined in the studio today by Jordan, <laughs> Lex, the nope. Starbucks, and Morden. Okay, I was saying, but not horny Santa. No, nah, he he's out. He's not Scott welcome back in this blanket. Got for. some stuff to work on. I think. So. Jordan. Lex. You told me a little bit about this episode, Mm -hmm. uh, and I was quite excited because it sounds like we heard from some of our friends at home. We sure did. Um, But, like, what are we we doing here? It's the end of 2020. It is. It's the holidays, but it's different. It is. It is. But it is still the holidays. We still have a lot of things to celebrate, and today we're going to have a little festive Christmas episode and we're going to talk about what it's like to get through the holidays with ADHD. We're going to talk about our holidays. Mm-hmm. We're going to, like you mentioned, answer some listener questions and share a very good holiday ADHD story um, that I'm excited to read I'm sorry. to you. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Was that holiday ADHD? It sure was. Holiday ADHD. Is that a thing or did you just... It's a thing now. You so much. <laughs> and if the rumors are true, we may even have an 
ADH dad joke before mm. we wrap up this episode. Mm. So, uh... I know how much you love those, so I, I came up with one special just for you. Special. Special. Wow, who's from the Midwest now? Spatula. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> so let's, let's take me through it. What let's are we doing? Uh, jingle gonna... jangle. <laughs> jingle jangle, motherfuckers. So first thing we're going to do. Oh, it's reindeer on the roof. Did you ever, like, give them carrots when you were a kid? Like, was that a thing? You would leave the carrots for the reindeer with the cookies for Santa? No. I knew Santa wasn't real when I was probably three or four. Oh. Yeah. Did you stop leaving? I guess you were the youngest, so. By a lot. Did that just stop any sort of Santa activity in your house? I think so. I have a memory of spying Mm -hmm. after my bedtime and seeing my parents putting the presents under the tree. Mm -hmm. I don't Mm -hmm. know if I fabricated that or if it was real. Either way, lost my faith in Santa very early on, and my family was pretty like, it's from Santa, wink. So we didn't really leave the cookies and milk out Mm. because gross. We had pets. That's fair. That's and even if it's, like, up on fair. the mantle, the cat could get up on the mantle. So, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you know, leaving a glass of milk out that Milo would just knock off the <laughs> mantle. And... That's that's your cat's Christmas present, actually, is getting to make a huge mess. He just did that all the time, I think. Merry Christmas, you know, Milo. Cats. Yeah. Milo was so cool. Okay, so... Um. No, I mean, I think it's partially because I have a younger brother, so the Santa thing kind of kept going longer than I was like, oh, yes, there is a man who breaks into our home in the middle of the night once a year. But I feel like even after we're both kind of like, yeah, okay, Santa, whatever, we had just left cookies out because Mm. then my parents ate them when they got up to leave our presents in the middle of the night. Amazing. So Amazing. And I love that tradition. Mom Mm -hmm. and dad. You've earned those, even though you've, you've, like, bought them or made them most of the time, so. That you extra earned them. Oh, yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. I do remember, though, when I was a wee lassie and I danced, the dance studio would send us home for a winter break with bags full of, like, oats and glitter. (laughs) Well, that was supposed to be, like, magic reindeer food, and you would sprinkle it in your lawn, and I realize in retrospect, like, how horrific for the environment just dumping glitter in your lawn is, but I was very charmed by the idea at the time. What a waste of oats, because you, you can't do, you've mixed glitter in with the oats. <laughs> you can't give those to horses, or reindeer, or any sort of I think, behooved animal. <laughs> I think that the thought behind it was they were magic oats for magic reindeer that uh-huh. ostensibly don't operate by the exact same like gastrointestinal Yes, but I'm laws. saying as adults mm-hmm. who know that magical reindeer were not going to eat any of this stuff, mm-hmm. like they just sent oats and glitter to just people's homes and yeah. they were like, put it on the lawn, kids. I'm yep. sure your parents and the environment and any animal that eats oats and can't have these now, I'm sure this is great for the birds and the local wildlife, like woof. Not to, sorry, not to harsh. It's a very cute idea in theory, but my horse girl brain is just like, no. <laughs> Was like, what now? No. No. Always no. <laughs> back. No. <laughs> you are hereby banished from the studio, horny Santa. Banish me again. Stop. I'm not uh, capable of being fake, horny, or sexy in the way that our dear friend Sean Hendrickson is. 
Uh, this is why I am not a professional game master. You know. Or dungeon master. Um, we all have our, our place in the friend group. <laughs> Mine is just being sexy naturally. This is true. Thanks. Mine is the one who's like, you know, from a cake decorating standpoint, there is edible glitter. So you could have just done that. Would have been safe for wildlife. You still get the Christmas magic in there. And it's not an eco disaster. Why didn't you stop them? I was like eight. Well, figure it out. Okay, cool. Let me just go back in time. Go find my eight-year-old self. Be like, hey, Jordan, I look exactly like you. Don't worry about it. And don't worry about the fact that a complete stranger just pulled you aside very intently. I know you've been told to freak out about that, but this time it's fine. Don't tell your parents. You know, I'm from the future. And the one thing you need to know about the past is that the oat glitter that they give you at the dance class is bad for the environment. And then I come back to 2020. Uh, I think if I could go back in time and talk to my younger self, that's probably not the priority. I, I'm sorry you feel that way about the ecology of the Tri-Cities area of Washington. I'm, you know. Yep, because that is that is the real problem with my hometown. That is the most pressing ecological <laughs> issue. Definitely not any of the nuclear. On the edge of the most contaminated <laughs> nuclear site in the country. The glitter is definitely number one. We'll deal with the uranium later. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. Yes. So. Shall we do some questions? Yeah. Lead us into it. All right. I'm just going to pop right in with both my feet at once. (laughs) Let's jump right into that chimney. Keeping it festive. Thank you so much, Lex. So what is your favorite and least favorite part about having ADHD during the holidays or, like, getting through the holidays with ADHD? And this is a question for me. It's for both of us. Okay, for I'm both of us. I, sorry. Again, I have no idea what's going on. Uh, this is very fun for me, probably a nightmare for Jordan. Do you have things you're ready and have? Sure. Do you want me to do that while you think of something? Yes, okay. please. So. You have, you have caught me. You caught me in my, <laughs> in my act here. I got you. You've. I got you. That's why we're we're co-hosts. We support and lift each other like a good bra, which is coincidentally what I would like for Christmas because all of mine are worn out. Anyways, I would say my my least favorite part about the holidays is my boobs. Sorry, I was just trying to think of something to add to the bra conversation, and that's all I got. No, my I I think my boobs are up there more like close to the favorite part of the holidays yeah no sorry i think i was just like i didn't actually listen to any words you said there was just a slight pause and i was like now's my chance titties (laughs) did you did you get it did you get the titties in yeah okay i I mean i did okay i did you feel better now yes okay so what's your what's your favorite part um well i was gonna do my least favorite part first Mm. we could like end on a positive note but yeah okay you know yeah i mean that's yeah okay so my least favorite part is my tendency to overcommit definitely shows up during the holidays. And I always get very ambitious with like, I'm going to do all these holiday events. And this is the first year we've managed to mail Christmas cards out after like three years of wanting to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, um, and I haven't even done it yet. We don't have enough stamps. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's Okay. We can buy some more, support the USPS, it's going to be fine. Especially with, like, making Christmas gifts, because I love making Christmas gifts for people, but I overestimate the time and attention I have for that. 
and underestimate my ability to just buy things on the internet. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, do you have any specific examples of uh, making things for people that maybe haven't gone the way you planned? I mean, I definitely have yarn in my suitcase right now mm-hmm. for projects that I started before I lived in Chicago. So, I bought this yarn mm-hmm. intending to finish a project and then move to Chicago, mm-hmm. and I didn't finish it. So, I carded the yarn. 2,000 miles out here to Chicago, and I'm now taking it back to Washington unfinished. Yeah, yeah. Well, we also have a sewing machine in the apartment, and uh, if I recall correctly, there was some sort of Yeah, I tried to issue. make an apron, and the sewing machine broke, and then I fixed it, and I finished the apron. It was fine. What are you talking about? I don't understand. Oh, oh, uh, okay. I mean, something about that story doesn't seem quite, doesn't quite <laughs> jog with my memory. Can you, can you maybe just give me, like, a few more details to see if I can, uh... You know, just really get that mind meld between us going. So I <laughs> very graciously drafted by myself and began making an apron for your boyfriend mm-hmm. for Christmas mm-hmm. last year. And I got very close to finishing it before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then the sewing machine broke. Mm-hmm. And... After Christmas, it just kind of didn't seem like a huge priority. And then the pandemic hit, so there were not a lot of places to take the sewing machine to get it fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it was about naturally, naturally. June, I think, uh-huh. when we got it sorted out and I finished the apron. Yeah, so, uh, but what, because uh, we went there, I think it was down on like the like west side somewhere, mm-hmm. kind of near Logan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was. What did they say? Cause you 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 went in and then you came out pretty soon after that. I was just reparking my soup and they said that um, the insides of the sewing machine had been replaced by chicken livers, which I just didn't understand. But they they cleaned it mm-hmm. right out, sent mm-hmm. it right back. Mm-hmm. You know, I I seem to remember that um, oh, the sewing machine wasn't actually broken. That um that uh the needle was just or the was it the needle was then backwards? You know, I could see <laughs> I could see how that could happen to somebody if they bought a used sewing machine on like Facebook Marketplace because it was uh-huh. all that they could afford and mm-hmm. it was a very old model and they weren't used to working with that kind of sewing machine before and mm-hmm. they were working really quickly and trying to get this stupid apron done. Mm-hmm. So like I could see how that could happen to somebody really uh-huh. understandably. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but no, it was chicken livers. Yeah, so uh, one, one more question. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did what did my boyfriend get you? He got me a t-shirt. from From who? A band in Seattle yeah, that which, I enjoy. Um, how much would did he he gave it to you before Christmas, right, or after Christmas, around Christmas time? He did. Uh huh. Was it was it oh was it Cataldo? It was. Was it one of their new merch shirts from last year's collection? It was. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you will you will note, listeners, he didn't make it. He's not a t-shirt maker in Seattle. I deserve some credit here. Oh, no. You deserve so much credit. And it is a great apron. You did finish it. You gave it to him in the summer. It was wonderful. He loved it. I just love to tease Jordan about this. And we don't have to put any of this in. No, it's 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 totally fine. But I just need need everyone to know that I may be the like registered 
certified himbo of the two of us, but Jordan does have... Sometimes I just have to carry the weight for you, and I will do that for you because you're my best friend. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When you saw that there was only one set of footprints in the sand, (laughs) that's where the himbo carried you. (laughs) So, (laughs) sometimes people just get surprise gifts in the middle of the year, and I'm sure that that's very fun for them. And sometimes you try your best, but despite that, your sewing machine is still filled with chicken livers. What can you do? Oh, yeah. Well, thank you, Baba Yaga. Thank you so much for that special, special gift. I will Mm -hmm. not question it too much. Uh, Well, you do have a book called Ask Baba Yaga, so we probably could ask Baba Yaga some things. (laughs) I don't think that there's anything in there about chicken livers, but... Maybe there is now. The Baba Yaga works in mysterious ways. (laughs) So what are you asking Baba Yaga for for Christmas this year? Uh, you know... I would love to ask Baba Yaga how to get those big, tall chicken legs to carry me around. Mm. You know? Yeah. I have very short legs, Mm -hmm. and I am not a very tall person, and I can't move very quickly. (laughs) Is this a, like, replace your legs with chicken legs, or just a full nother set of chicken legs? Like, Like stilts? Like stilts, or like a cart. That you just sit in. Or maybe it's like one of those little I was imagining, scooters that you have in yeah. PE with the four wheels on the bottom, except instead of the wheels, it's chicken legs. Yeah, I take I it mean, back, it should be the third one, because that sounds dope. I was just imagining that I could learn how to make my own home in the woods with legs. Mm, also a decent option. Also a decent option. But I like my scooter thing better, so... Y- yeah. I mean, the good news is that you can ask Baba Yaga for a chicken leg scooter. I will. I will do that. Chicken Leg Scooter would be a good band name. Oh, yeah. What kind of music do you think they play? Ska. No. Ska butt. Ska butt? (laughs) Come on. Shoegaze. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I should have seen that coming. Yeah. A wall of sound that blurs together and you need earplugs to listen to safely, but with horns. Yep. Feel Fronted like when by Brian David Gilbert. <laughs> <laughs> feel like with legs that long, it's a long way to gaze, you know? Or, But here's the thing. Hmm. You have a much wider gaze. Mm. It, think of that vantage point. True. True. You could gaze at so many shoes. Yeah. Wow. We've just... We've just broken the genre right open. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Mm-hmm. And add on top of that, though, you're not even going to get distracted by your own shoes because you won't have any because chickens don't have shoes. Good point. Good point. So you can just, you can put all that energy into looking at other shoes. The possibilities are endless. All right. Now that we've been doing a bit about uh, Baba Yaga for like a couple minutes, have you thought of your favorite or least favorite part of the holidays? Yeah, uh, so my favorite thing about the holidays is the, okay, now hear me out. I'm hearing you. The fact that, and okay, this is very region specific Mm -hmm. to not the United States. Okay. Uh, And so this is a very specific favorite of mine because when I lived in the UK, the Christmas time that I lived in the UK, every place that I went 
in public, every place, Mm -hmm. like any sort of shop, store, public transpo, any sort of public place, the words and vocals of Paul McCartney (laughs) just washed over me. And it got to this point where just so much emotion, like a mixture of annoyance and rage but also holiday cheer mm-hmm. and also some level of, you know, this song isn't that bad, but wow, it's really, wow, it's really everywhere, huh? They play this song all the time. I'm pretty sure that's the only Christmas and or holiday song that the UK is legally allowed to play now, in public spaces. Paint us the full picture. Let us in on your, your Yuletide rage. What song are we talking about? Uh, that would be Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul McCartney. Incredible. If you don't know, keep it that way. I was going to say, does that song have lyrics other than simply having a wonderful Christmas time? Yes, it really? does. Yeah, I mean, that's just the chorus. But if that's what haunts your dreams, it is. then, you know, I think that's all that matters. <laughs> that's the only part of the song that's real to you, you know, to your mind's eye. <laughs> Yeah, just rolling into a Tesco, grabbing like a a chicken wrap for lunch, mm-hmm. and uh, I maybe grab some uh, Cadbury uh, accoutrement, mm. and, or like a Kinder egg, you know, mayhaps uh, maybe some chocolate oranges, mm. like a bounty bar or something. Probably, probably get Sick. my Fanta orange Fanta mm-hmm. that's completely different from Fanta here in the United <laughs> States, and so much better. And I walk up to the checkout counter and then it starts and you just look up at the the employee and they look up at you and you know that they've been here Mm -hmm. the whole day and that this song has probably played once an hour on the hour. Mm -hmm. And you know that you will never know that level of pain, (laughs) but you are still experiencing it and you have this shared moment of, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Paul, what have you done to us? (laughs) But also we're in the United Kingdom, so we gotta, we gotta play it. So wait, was that your favorite or least favorite? So that's probably one of my favorite things because, okay, so hear me out though. That's why I said hear me out, hear me out. Okay. Because, you know, I've set the stage for that. But my favorite thing is that you have that experience where you're just walking around and that song starts and you you just look and everybody is physically, (laughs) bodily rejecting this song, but at the same time, everyone is so resigned to their fate because they're British. So just like the trauma bonding of Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what Paul McCartney has subjected you all to. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's really special. Exactly. Thank you. I so that's probably that's probably one of my favorite holiday things. And now obviously I don't live in the UK. Uh Mm -hmm. so just seeing some of my friends from the UK like tweet about it or (laughs) just like occasionally seeing people post about it on social media that I don't know but who are based in the UK and I'm like, Oh, Mm -hmm. it's that time of year. It's that time of year when everyone wants Paul McCartney to be somewhere else. <laughs> and then lo and behold, you find out he lives in the southwest of the United States. Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure him and his wife live in, like, Arizona or something. What? Yeah, I, let me Google it to make sure. I mean, that's like Viggo Mortensen. Viggo Mortensen lives in, uh, yeah, he lives in like, Sandpoint, Sandpoint right? Idaho. Yeah. It's like a thing, I think. A lot of people, famous people from the UK are like, what if I just lived in a really remote, weird area of the United States? All right. I mean, Sandpoint's nice. Yeah. Shout out to Hunter, if you're listening, for showing me around. That was a good time. Yeah. Uh, it's a very, very lovely area of Idaho. Yeah. Yeah, no. 
It's very, very pretty. Mm-hmm. Very pretty. Mm-hmm. Good place uh, with good soup there, too. Can't remember what it's called, though. Tis the season for that, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Hmm. Never mind. So he doesn't live in Arizona now, but he does still own a ranch in Arizona and I think occasionally visits. <laughs> That's arguably weirder. Yep. Uh, but Lee's favorite thing is probably the obligations. Mm. Uh, I know that's mm-hmm. a wide, uh, that's, there's a lot of things that we are all obligated to do, mm-hmm. but I'm specifically talking about the expectation that you will be at everybody's separate family and friend-based Christmas and holiday parties. Mm-hmm. While I do enjoy a good nanny, <laughs> I get so burnt out by the amount of required socialization mm. over the holidays. Uh, so I know that that's really a rough one for me. That's definitely more related to ADHD and RSD. Yeah. Or not RSD, uh, ADHD and emotional dysregulation for me. Mm-hmm. But like, that is probably my least favorite part. That's super fair. That's super fair. And don't get me wrong. If I could this year have all of those obligations, I would much rather be grumpy about having to attend big gatherings than isolating by myself in Chicago. So, yeah. you know, give and take. But normally, that is my least favorite thing. There you go. There you go. Thank you so much for that. Shall we hop on to the next question? Yeah. Let's... Nope, nope, no Christmas metaphors came to mind quick enough. Let's do it. Let's just go. What are you asking Santa for for Christmas? A Nintendo Switch. Santa, gimme. Gimme the Nintendo (laughs) Switch. I have long suffered not having a Nintendo Switch this whole time. I'm so sorry. This whole time? You were in so much quarantine without a Nintendo Switch. Mm -hmm. How did you survive without Animal Crossing? Well, I am somehow here, so I don't know. How have I survived? Who's to say? Who's to say? Yeah, no, I mean, it's uh, it does seem... Ooh, hmm. I do feel like whenever I tell people, oh, I actually don't have any consoles, I only use Steam on my MacBook, the amount of people who know me and know what I'm like about video games are like, wait, what? You don't... What? And there's this sort of moment of disconnect, and I'm like, I have the heart of a gamer, <laughs> but the wallet of a normal person in the year of our Lord 2020. And the aesthetic of somebody who carries around a macbook pro so i mean that's not really an aesthetic choice it was just a the best option at the time sort of thing that's fair that's fair it just looks you know sleek i guess yeah i didn't really think too much about the aesthetic of a macbook but now i feel curated thank you you are so so welcome i'll curate you you any day okay (laughs) uh bye everyone merry crimbus uh happy hanukkah so it's, well, it's just me and I'm back. Uh, I got over it. So what did you ask Santa for? I, what did I ask Santa for? I wrote all this stuff down. Know, you asked me the question. I was like, I didn't, what? Uh. Uh, it's like when my mom this year was like, do you have a Christmas list? And I was like, do I have a what? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I asked for a cool blanket. Nice. I asked for a gift certificate to a hardware store. Which hardware store? Oh, Crafty Beaver, probably. Nice. So that I can build a bench and uh, some cheese in a can. So, yeah, that's about right. There you go. There you go. I do want to follow up and just be, like, really clear with people that I'm not asking for general cheese in a can. I don't want anybody to put cheese in a can for me. 
I specifically want a wheel of cougar gold, which is a very, very delicious cheddar that they make at the Washington State University Creamery, and they put in a can. And it's a very special Washingtonian skill that I'm very good at to get a full round of it out of the can without, like, breaking it and stabbing it because it's, like, sealed in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just have to, like, kind of pry it out with a knife. And I am blessed by the c- the cougars, I guess. Go um, cougs. <laughs> go c- Go Cougs, I guess. University of Idaho and WSU didn't have a rivalry or anything, so... Yeah, no. We're just kind of like, hey, what's up? Uh, (laughs) They were right across the border from us when we were in Idaho, so A, they were just like there. And B, that's where the weed was. Sure. And the still not legal in Idaho, so (laughs) where do you think all the U of I students go? But what they did have everywhere across borders was delicious, delicious cougar gold, and I miss... I miss it so much. So that's what I asked Santa for for Christmas was some cheese in a can. 10 out of 10. Thank you. Love it. What would you recommend to somebody who is trying to buy a gift for an ADHD person? What do you think would be a good Christmas gift? Oh, what do they talk to? Like, what do they talk about literally all the time? Like, what are you almost borderline annoyed with them for talking about all the time? (laughs) That's, yeah. Like, figure it out from there. Uh, If they've asked you for anything do that i mean i guess like the obvious quote-unquote obvious answer mm-hmm. would be like oh i don't know fidgets and maybe like a just like get that bitch a rubik's cube bitches love rubik's cubes well that's true and they're right this yeah that's a bad example um everyone should get a rubik's cube for christmas no I, i'm imagining yeah like fidgets or you know g- just get get them like a, a planner <laughs> what um, a rude gift unless you've asked for that be like, hey, it looks like your shit's a mess. No. Merry Christmas. So you like, hey, you really like lists and crossing things off. Here's a neat little booklet where you can just do that. That's fair. I'm I'm talking in the sense of like something that they did not ask for because I would imagine if they were that into lists, they'd probably already have a planner. I feel yeah. like that's just like Peloton commercial vibes. Yeah, but here's the thing though. Hmm. If you have ADHD, you have more than one planner. And you will be excited if you get another notebook or planner. Don't lie to me. <laughs> Don't do it. Uh, no, it is. It's a uh, seems a little uncalled for. But when you say like, what do you what do you get for someone who specifically has ADHD, mm-hmm. right? And you're gift yeah. shopping. I'm like, I don't planning stuff, fidgets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But also like, it just depends because ADHD is so varied. So my yeah. thought would be, I don't know, whatever they're hyperfixating on, if they haven't already broken their own bank accounts, <laughs> filling out that hyperfixation. And the, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a good one. That's a good one. Did you have any ideas to add to that little crock pot? As its reputation is like gift cards, great, especially if it's for like something that they were going to have to do already, like getting their house cleaned or getting a... Like, something that takes something off their plate. So they're like, oh, I don't have to worry about making dinner tonight. Mm. Or like, oh, I've got a gift card for a date night with my partner. And we have a can go to a restaurant and have someone take care of child care. Like, if you can just, like, take a thing off of their plate, that's very helpful and kind. So that's the only other thing I would throw in there. Um, and okay. the spinner rings. I think those are very cool fidget toys. Have you seen those? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm very into those. I did also ask Santa for one of those. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else do you got for me? So we had we had a couple people wonder about how to 
deal with family who may not believe that ADHD is real or understand how it actually works. I think that this is probably expansive to like some other mental illnesses. If your family's mm-hmm. like, well, have you done some yoga about it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How would you deal with that? I'm going to let you take this one first. Okay. Okay. So I think what I would recommend to people is go get a super soaker and fill it with vinegar. And every time somebody says something stupid, squirt them with it. That's what I got. Uh, Two birds, one stone, because it helps and it's fun for you, mm-hmm. sounds like. So mm-hmm. that's a, yeah, uh, no. Okay, so <laughs> for real, I am pretty lucky to have a family that uh, if they do think that ADHD is fake or what have you, they haven't said anything to my face, which is probably because I'm the type of person that if I'm confronted with, uh, you know, comments or questions, mm-hmm. I personally get very disgruntled, mm-hmm. mayhaps even angry. Mm. And I will pull out several facts and research studies to prove my point. Mm -hmm. And then if the facts don't work, which most often people will say that, oh, I'll be swayed by facts. Most people are very rarely swayed by facts, which we can see everywhere all the time. But the most helpful thing in my experience has been to call on the, like, directly call on people's empathy mm-hmm. and sort of directly call on the fact of, like, at the very least, if you are not willing to hear me out on this and make space for, you know, mm-hmm. my lived experience and how my brain physically works, mm-hmm. you know, if you can't make space for that then at least respect the boundary that we are not going to talk about it. It's okay go. to not talk about it. Is that that's is that fair to say? Like, it's yeah. okay to set that boundary if it's something that's going to stress you out. Yeah. Uh, and if people aren't respecting those boundaries, it is okay to uphold those boundaries. That's fantastic advice. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah, I don't want to, like, toot my own horn here, but, like, the range between horny Santa and, like... <laughs> Family and friends range. confrontation, you know? <laughs> I got it. You're just really holding the show together. Thank you, Lex. I appreciate it. That's false, but thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, but also, you know, yeah, just, just squirt them. Squirt mm-hmm. them with vinegar. Mm-hmm. But thank you for that, Lex. That is actually very helpful and thoughtful advice. I hope that that helps you out this season. Thank you. I have spent a lot of the past re- uh, few episodes being absolutely useless, so I gotta put my weight somewhere. <laughs> and if it's conflict resolution, so be it. One of us needs that skill, because I don't have it. That's actually, yeah, I actually do have some pretty decent communication and confrontation and conflict resolution skills. Hell yeah. I'm very thankful for you on that front. I am so direct. I'm the opposite of that, where I'm very much just like, I'm so sorry, I must have scuffed your shoe when you tripped me. Do you want me to, like, pay for that to get it polished? Like, are you good? <laughs> so, yeah. Appreciate that we can we can balance each other out here. Yeah, yeah. And to clarify, this isn't one of those things where I just am super pushy and confrontational and Jordan just, like, lets it happen. That's not oh, how yeah, our no. friendship works. I just want to clarify. <laughs> But just generally, those yeah. are sort of the vibes that we have. Yeah. Generally. Yes. So. Yeah. No. We we've. I feel like at this point, two years and a podcast, and we've kind of figured it out. Yeah. We found an equilibrium. We found a balance. We. Yep. 
Yeah, the bowl and the china shop emerge unscathed. I was not sure where you were going with that metaphor for a second, and I was like, the bowl, like that we we pass around, like the bowl of cereal, the the bowling ball. But okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, to your credit, Mm -hmm. I also did not know where that statement was going to (laughs) go. We we emerged from that unscathed as well, so that comes full circle. Did uh, so? Do you have any New Year's resolutions? No, survive. Uh, it's twenty twenty one soon. Okay. Time's not real. <laughs> it's not going to be better just because it's not twenty twenty. Not to be a downer, but like I don't know if I technically my resolution is just going to be like survive and mm-hmm. work harder mm-hmm. to make things better for everybody. I don't, you know. Yeah. But that's sort of just like I never do resolutions because I am famously bad at following through on things. I don't know if it has anything to do with ADHD. <laughs> yeah, any other any it's other ADHD people have issues um, like following through on goals? Is that like a thing? Yeah, no. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, I don't commit to things like that anymore. That's fair. Because I know that if I want to do something, I will do it. And if I make a commitment to do something, that doesn't mean jack shit. So fair enough. Uh, my general resolution all the time is mm-hmm. to just try to be less of a dick, <laughs> and all right, generally just try to make it to the next day. You know, just try to not get Regina George in the road <laughs> here in Chicago. You know, try not to. Yeah, I guess that's a good New Year's resolution. I was going to say, by this point in the year, I think probably most bus drivers have used up their three kills. But yeah, no, they've definitely over, met their quotas, especially yeah. this year. I bet they've been really just, I bet a lot of them spent them a little earlier. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but then that all resets. Mm-hmm. So good New Year's resolution. You're right. Don't get hit by a bus. I The three kill quota. Mm-hmm cannot confirm nor deny if that's a real thing here's the thing it is it's a real thing i met a bus driver i've met many bus drivers i take the bus a lot but this legitimately happened to me i was taking the 36 broadway bus southbound and i was getting on the bus right as they were switching drivers over and the driver was kind of you know joshing or whatever and he was like hey you want to drive and i was like sure you know joking around and joked about getting in the seat but i didn't obviously because i'm not gonna do that (laughs) but you know i didn't i don't know how to drive a bus sorry to disappoint and the bus driver i kid you not says to me now be careful you only get to hit three people and i was just like i knew it and he looked at me like i knew something i shouldn't know and it's real the cta three kill policy is real i stand by it I mean, that's not, like, explicit proof, but it is compelling. It is. And I I will also say, bus drivers go through a lot. I think that they've earned it. Yeah, you know who else could get a three-kill quota? Who? Retail and food service workers. I think they should be able to kill anybody who's rude to them. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're a customer, if you've ever been a customer, (laughs) if you ever plan on being a customer, (laughs) you. The customer is never right. That's what you need to know. That's what you need to understand. If you if you know, you know. If you've worked yeah. on the other side of things, you know. I always feel so bad going into stores and having to interact with 
mm-hmm. employees. I'm like, I'm so I'm so sorry I exist. I'm so sorry mm-hmm. I have to be here. I'm mm-hmm. so sorry. But I, I know that you can confirm this as someone who also works in mm-hmm. the service industry. Mm-hmm. When you see customers who are clearly also industry workers mm-hmm. in some sense, <laughs> you know yeah. because they don't suck butts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they mm-hmm. are like, oh, no, it's okay. No, thank you so much. It's okay. <laughs> don't. Please, please stop. You've never done anything wrong in your life, and I am the scum of the earth for just <laughs> stepping in f- my foot into this Whole Foods. Versus the people who you know have never worked a service job in their lives, and you're just like, mm-hmm. excuse me one moment, ma'am. I'm going to go scream in the walk-in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same, same, well, okay, not the same. Similar energy mm-hmm. to actors who have never worked Behind the scenes. Oh, God. Yeah. You can tell mm-hmm. immediately. Mm-hmm. And one of those things that if you know, you know. You know, I remember my time as an ASM. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just backstage, two of the actors started tap dancing. Like during a in production? In the wings. I think it was during tech. So, like, arguably worse than if it had been oh, during a production. Worse. When everyone's super stressed and I was like, y'all need to be quiet. You know, take the headset. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, y'all need to be quiet. You need to be quiet. Mm-hmm. Be quiet. Mm-hmm. You know, try to talk. You need to be quiet. Your <laughs> most intimidating whisper. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and they were quite uh, sassy about it. Was this a tap show? No, it was Shakespeare's Midsummer Night's Dream. <laughs> they were barefoot and they were tap dancing so loud. So they were just stomping. Yes. They were just stomping backstage. Yes. No. Are you um, kidding me? Yeah. I wish I was. Good Lord. But also, like, if you've been an assistant stage manager, mm-hmm. you get it. Yeah, I say this as somebody who got their BFA in acting. Actors are the worst. Yeah. (laughs) 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 And to all of my, you know, dear friends that I still have from that program who listen to the show, I love you. Yeah. But also I know most of you have also worked backstage, so you're exempt from this. Yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah. Yep. Speaking of New Year's resolutions. Oh, yeah, what's yours? Um... Yeah, my New Year's resolution this year is to get crafty. There's a lot of crafts that I really want to learn. I've been wanting to get better at embroidery. I've been wanting to learn a little bit more about painting. I've watercolor painted, but like people use oil paint techniques and stuff for painting cakes. And I've always thought that looks really cool and learn how to make gum paste flowers. And I really want to get into woodworking and learn how to build a guillotine. That's very good. I was, like, very confused because I was like, you're talking about crafting. You make so many things already. You're already quite crafty. Like, we often have craft nights together. We do. I mean, um, I still do want to No, the, I crafts. Yes, yes. Uh, I was mostly just like, this is a resolution? <laughs> but I see where you were taking us, mm-hmm. and I am right behind you. Great. 2021. We're coming for you. Shink! So do we want to take some listener questions? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, baby. Give me Corny the listener Santa, questions. I told you you had to leave. No, 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 no. This is actually just, um... So do we want to take some listener questions? <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're never going to finish this episode. 
Um, yeah. Give me the audience questions. Give me the audience questions. <laughs> audience questions. <laughs> So thanks so much to everybody who wrote in. It was wonderful to hear from all of you. Uh, We hope you'll keep sending some questions in. But our first question is from Marissa. And she asks, which cat is more likely to laugh at your jokes, Ned or Root Beer? Oh, honestly, neither. They would never laugh at us. They would never give us the... uh, Yeah, no, it's just disdain. Complete, just unfathomable depths of annoyance yeah they're not fans uh and yet they do snooze in the blanket fort studio (laughs) every time this is true Uh, this is true but if we do something that we think is very funny and start laughing quite hard they will both just look up from their curled up positions because how dare we disturb their slumbers how dare we disturb their slumbers when they came into the space we were already in but it's their it's their house still. Mm-hmm. So we're just making so. a mess in their space and mm-hmm. getting in the way of their naps and doing other things that are not petting them. Mm-hmm. How could we? Mm-hmm. I, I think if we're going to anthropomorphize the cats a little bit, Rupier would be the one to laugh first. Mm-hmm. More like mm-hmm. more likely because I think Ned wouldn't even Ned would just be like, oh. I can't. I can't. <laughs> and would just leave versus Rupier would just be like, <laughs> like a little disdainful laugh and then leave. Um, yeah, I can't argue with that. It's a great question, though. Thank you so much, Marissa. All right. That's my cousin, Marmar. Hi, Marmar. Marmar. Marmar, please tell Pips and Lloyd. Those are her dogs. Mm-hmm. That I said hello. Yeah, they're hello. very sweet. <laughs> All right, so our next question is from Cal, and Cal asks, Sometimes when I try to explain something that I do or have done as a result of my ADHD, I feel like I'm treating ADHD as an excuse for quote-unquote bad behaviors, like being late to things, and when asked why, explaining that it's due to time blindness. What are ways that those of us who are neurodivergent in some way can explain our behaviors without excusing them? And that's a great question. I do love this. For context, mm-hmm. Cal was the stage manager for that Shakespeare <laughs> production. Oh, that incredible! I, was I didn't know stage that. Manager for that's how uh, Cal and or Callie and I met. Do you want to take a crack at it? Sure. Cool. I think the first thing that I would say is there's power in being honest about your story and saying, "Hey, here's why this happened. I have time blindness because I think that that's." That's your story. That's the truth. And I think that it helps people understand and get more familiar with what that actually means and learn that that's just how people are. And I think that maybe something that can help make that a little bit more proactive of an apology rather than sounding like an excuse is saying sort of like in an interview when they're like, hey, what's your biggest weakness? Mm -hmm. The important part is not the weakness. The important part is saying like, that you're aware of it and here's what you're doing to navigate that or to remedy it. So mm-hmm. it's totally, totally fine to be like, hey, I'm so sorry I have time blindness sometimes that trips me up, but I am doing the best. Or like, hey, I have time blindness. I usually set an alarm, but it didn't go off today mm-hmm. or something like that. I think if you just like 
any apology, make some effort to say, here's what I'm going to do better next time. Mm-hmm. That, to me at least, if somebody were to say that to me, that doesn't sound like an excuse at all. And I think, too, it's worth noting that with ADHD, and I also know that this is a part of my experience with depression, there's a voice in your head that's going, oh, this is an excuse. This isn't real. You should just be able to be better. And that voice is lying to you. That voice is full of shit. So I think that just being honest about your truth and making it clear to the person that, like, whatever you messed up on, whatever you missed is still important that's that's more than enough. And that's my two cents on it. No, oh, thank you so much. I think that's great. And that's a great question, Cal. Always, always amazed by how well-spoken you are. Yeah, that's um, a fantastic question. Yeah, I guess, like, my, my thing that I would add is given the context, I know for me, I will often get trapped in sort of a explanation spiral where I'm trying to explain what's going on Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. also in my head I'm like but I don't want it to sound like an excuse so I'm like making you know adding caveats here and Mm -hmm. you know putting some context in here and Mm -hmm. you know then becomes this whole big thing Uh, and I think something that I know I could stand to remember is that given the context like I would say especially when it involves like work or school or uh sort of like quote-unquote societal obligations like that Mm -hmm. Uh, my two cents would be, like, it's fine to just not explain yourself sometimes. That's a very good point. Like, especially, you know, kind of gauge the the crowd, as yeah. it were. If it's people who you aren't super comfortable with and they aren't, you know, they aren't entitled to your time or your explanations or mm-hmm. even your excuses. Mm-hmm. So uh, even if you feel like you're making excuses... Like, no matter what you feel like you're putting on the table, you don't necessarily owe everybody everything all the time. So I think my advice would just be to, like, take a beat in that moment, reflect a little bit, and be like, will talking about this help or harm the situation? Will it be helpful to me and them or just them or Mm -hmm. just me? You know, kind of figure out what the motive is. And I think that kind of directs what comes out a little bit. That's and, awesome. I think that that's a, a very important caveat. I know I do the same thing. So thank you for that. Yeah. I, apparently my big thing this episode, boundaries. Boundaries are real important. Then again, you the whole idea of like rugged individualism, you don't ever owe anybody anything and that like we should never give or take or interact with people and you know, reciprocal Mm -hmm. ways. Like, that's bullshit, too. So, like, don't get carried away. Everything in moderation, all that good Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. But for this situation specifically, I know that I overthink a lot of those things that Cal was talking about. Yeah, Uh, that's fair. And so I know that for me, something that's helpful is just being like, what if I just say X thing happened? Mm -hmm. Don't even need to necessarily apologize unless they're, like, upset about it, right? Yeah. And just be like, X thing happened. Like, the other day I was late to work because mm-hmm. I was stopping for gas and there was a couple in a car next to the same pump as me. And they had apparently been stuck there all night. So I was like, I'm got to, you know, I have cables. I'm going to help jump their car. Mm-hmm. So instead of being like, hey, sorry, I'm going to be a few minutes late. 
I just didn't apologize. I was like, hey, I'm going to be late. I'm helping someone jump their car. And, you know. Yeah. But, but you know, like, there, you just... Sometimes you can just tell people things. Yeah. You don't need to apologize for everything. Because I know that's something I do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's usually how I try to mitigate that is just taking a beat. Yeah. And being like, what's actually necessary for this human interaction that I'm having that will make for the clearest, most accurate communication? Mm-hmm. And then I go from there. That's awesome. And that reminds me of some of my favorite advice, too, which is no is a complete sentence. Mm -hmm. So there we go. And uh, that is the end of our questions. But we do have one more uh, holiday DHD story. Uh, This comes to us from the wonderful Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Thank you so much for writing in. This makes me feel a lot better about my sewing machine thing. Oh. (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. All right, Kevin, I'm listening. (laughs) And Kevin says, In 2018, I bought a Christmas gift for my niece and nephew. I was supposed to go to the post office and send them, and I never did. I wrote a short story adaption of Billy Goat Gruff and her Christmas adventures and printed and bound it. Uh, For context, there is also a Billy Goat doll uh, that Kevin sent in a photo of that was supposed to go along with this book. Incredible. Billy Goat, unfortunately, never made it in the mail because I kept forgetting, even with multiple reminders, and eventually, Billy became the eye of desires and pleasure for my little dog, Harriet. Mm. And I didn't dare send Billy after that. Oh, boy. (laughs) Okay, so I have some follow-up questions for you, Kevin, if I may. (laughs) Um, You know, contact contact us at your leisure you know how to get a hold of us uh when you say billy became the eye of desires and pleasure for harriet do you mean in like a cute dog chew toy sort of way or do you mean like on a leg of a stranger sort of way you know i think i can answer that one uh, because kevin did send me the the photo of the the billy doll (laughs) that has um it's a, little, it's a little dirty. It's definitely been uh, used and not in a G-toy <gasps> kind of way. <laughs> so Billy was... You You just said Billy was used? Yeah. Like a... Excuse me? Yeah. Um. <laughs> so it sounds like your, your dog got a very satisfying Christmas present. All works out, I guess. What a mood, though, for getting to send things. So this is Billy. Mm-hmm. And there's, like... I see. Mm-hmm. I see. Mm-hmm. Okay. Challenging. Mm-hmm. Challenging ideas and material that you have brought to <laughs> this show. Thank you, Kevin. Um, what a relatable, just never sending things mood. I really didn't know where you were going to go. I did not know <laughs> what you were going to say was relatable. I did worry for a moment. Uh, no, yeah, no, no uh, I have for sure forgotten to send things. I mean, our Christmas holiday mailers, this is year three mm-hmm. of living together and we finally made it happen. So we did, uh, what next year, I guess would be your three year mark. I really hope you don't send Billy. Oh yeah. Um, no. 
I'm assuming you won't, but I do just want to like. Well, the the last sentence of the story is I didn't dare send Billy after that. So I think that Billy is is well and truly mm-hmm. Harriet's now. Oh yeah, I would say that Billy has been marked. You uh, what's the line from Juno? That's one doodle that can't be undid, home skillet. That is one doodle that can't be undid. Unfortunately, we do have one more question. <laughs> And this is, oh, okay, hold on. The amount of restraint that it took to not just scream throughout that whole story. (laughs) Do you need to get it out? No, no. Okay. I I repressed it so, so well. And that like scream laugh was what was left of it. But from the bottom of my heart, thank you, Kevin. Thank you so much. Like I said, it makes me feel a lot better about the sewing machine thing. Yes, I can see how that (laughs) might happen. I also, you know, when I when I step back and I take a minute, Mm -hmm. I am I'm I'm really happy for Harriet. Truly happy for Harriet. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. May you all find the Billy to your Harriet if you want one. If you want one. And do all a good night. We do have one more question. Okay. Uh, and that is from the wonderful Maddie. Maddie! Yeah! Thanks so much for writing in. Maddie asks, I feel like this is this question is maybe a long time coming, and I'm, I'm so glad you asked. I don't know what this question is, and now I'm a little nervous. So Maddie asks, have either of you ever actually taken a parkour class? And or would you ever want to? So here's the thing about me and parkour. What's the thing about you and parkour? Please, please tell. I'm actually incredible at it. Wait, really? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> we like, just talked about how short my legs are. Who, who are you? No. What have you done with my roommate? <laughs> I mean, okay. In my defense, I do skate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's not even remotely the same as parkour. I did uh, plenty of climbing. Yeah. On buildings and stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in my youth. Mm-hmm. I have done quite a fair amount of jumping. Yeah. I, mean, I, I competitively danced. I thought you were going to say you competitively jumped, and I was like, I mean, that's a what? thing. Is it? Is that a thing? Have you never heard of high jump or long jump? Ah, uh, yes. Literal no, those sports are, those that are people th- can compete in <laughs> I, in the Olympics and shit? I forgot about those Mm -hmm. but um, i'm here with you yep no so Mm -hmm. um okay to my excitement and probably detriment and ultimate demise i am not at all afraid of heights in that way and i i am decent at balance and coordination Mm -hmm. i know that the way i speak and everything else about me you might assume that i am deeply uncoordinated and not even a little graceful but you do all right for yourself i i I would yeah i would argue that because i am small and have short legs you know mm-hmm. i grew into my body very early so mm-hmm. i've had a lot of time that's a good point that's a good um, point but yeah no i competitively danced so uh i competitively danced i skate i like heights jumping is fun so you would take a parkour class i would but Hell yeah i'm not taking any in-person classes right now so i mean jot I that it is down. outdoors yeah but you're doing like a physical activity and even with a mask the particles that can shoot out of your little gob yeah i feel like when parkour with a mask would be deeply unpleasant well especially because like my head is so small mm-hmm. that like unless i was wearing a little kid mask i mean mm-hmm. you've seen it the yeah. masks always slip up almost to over my eyes mm-hmm. so like i gotta be real careful <laughs> 
Yeah, I think that would make parkour very complicated. Very dangerous. <laughs> That's a great question, though. It's a really wonderful question. I also have never taken a parkour class. I am a bit less sporty than Lex's, so... I would definitely give it the old college try, but I can't say that it would go well. I am pretty good at climbing trees, though, which you wouldn't guess from someone who grew up in a desert that didn't have them. But who knows? Playground equipment. Yeah. I know for a fact you are almost a demon when it comes to playground equipment. (laughs) This is true. This is true, and I will own that. I will own that as a badge of of honor. So uh, to definitively answer your question, Maddie, no, neither of us have taken a parkour class, but I think we both would. I'll give it a go. Yeah. Maybe that's maybe that'll be our, our New Year's resolution is take a parkour class for the comedy, if nothing else. Sure thing. <laughs> if any of you are parkour experts. I'm so sorry. Oh, no. I was just saying hit us up. Oh, yeah. Ready Please to do. learn. Please do. Our... Uh, gotta learn. We can end this podcast once and for all. <laughs> it's the final boss. We can't learn parkour yet. We are not at that point in the plot. Oh, yeah. No, we haven't. We have so many more quests to go lots of character arcs Mm -hmm. lots Mm -hmm. of side quests don't forget the uh quintessential beach episodes oh yeah yeah but maybe someday once we conquer podcasting we can take a parkour class i'd be into that yeah i'll do that after my sword fighting class dope 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 Right on. Well, that was all of our audience questions. Thanks again to everybody who wrote in. That was a wonderful Christmas present for us to get to answer those. Yeah, thank you. I don't... Yeah. I am so tired, y'all. That's okay. I'm so sleepy, and I'm just sitting in this very cozy, warm blanket <laughs> fort with a big old fluffy blanket wrapped around me, and I spent all of my just raunchy energy with that Santa bit at the beginning. <laughs> And then I think the story about Harriet and Billy just really took it out of me. <laughs> well, so like we can go ahead and wrap this one up soon. But before we do, uh-oh, do we want to do one last uh, dopamine trampoline for 2020? Yeah, right on. Let's hop. Let's hop on on that dopamine trampoline. And uh, do you wanna do you wanna share with us what's uh, making you making you hop? That's weird. Don't like that. <laughs> I hated that. <laughs> Do you have something you would like to share with the class this week? Yeah, so uh, if I recall correctly from the two discussions we had about this episode (laughs) beforehand, um, the dopamine trampoline theme of this week is not just like one big fixation. Mm -hmm. It's just like XYZ sort of favorite things about the holidays. Yeah, we're just gonna, Um, we're gonna keep it festive. Yeah, so I just have like a, a short little list and here it is. Throw it at us. I'm so ready. There are three things on this list. I'm so ready. It's like, I did this approximately five minutes before we started. (laughs) One, green bean casserole, baby. It's that time of year with casseroles. Casseroles are such a good communal food. They are so tasty. Green bean casserole is, in my opinion... This is just my opinion. If Mm -hmm. you don't agree with me, that's fine. I don't want to hear about it, though. I will not stand for any green bean casserole slander. Not in my house. No thank you. But green bean casserole is the superior casserole. And I'm from the Midwest. I feel like my heartland credibility is through, like, the charts are through the roof on that. So I'm right. That's what I'm saying. I mean, you do have... Maybe short legs in real life, but pretty long legs to stand on. And so far as the validity of your casserole opinions, so 
that's yeah i hear that i hear that mm-hmm. and i that is i will say one of my i guess i can't say favorite things about living with you but one blessing of living with you is lex makes the green bean casserole for our holiday festivities every year mm-hmm. and they just make a like quadruple batch mm-hmm. and i don't have to do anything i just get the splendor of green bean casserole in my fridge for like two weeks yeah it's incredible Probably more like one week because I do just eat the leftovers every day for every meal until it's gone. I also do not follow the recipe. I follow where my heart takes me mm-hmm. when it comes mm-hmm. to those little French fried onions. Oh, yeah. Um, number two. Is it French fried onions? No, because that's in green bean casserole. Okay. okay. I just said green bean. <laughs> but in my defense, Jordan and I, when talking about green bean casserole by ourselves yeah. in our unintelligible communication in this apartment... <laughs> We always go green beam, green beams, green beams. Yeah. So green beams. We, I don't. We don't speak normal words to one another. <laughs> English a was miracle. a nonsensical mess of a language, anyways. Yeah. I think we've kind of uh, just done it a favor and put it out of its misery. Yeah. No, I think it's it's a miracle that we have managed to make a podcast and not completely. But <laughs> we can confound. still put it in the English language category. Yes. Yes. Uh, Number two, wrapping presents. Mm, Uh, Yeah, going back to the Santa thing, I think um, part of the reason that I never really had a huge belief in Santa is probably because I do most of the Christmas present wrapping for my mom most years, obviously not this year, because my mom's a busy, a busy gal. She's got stuff to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Notably, she used to be a social worker. So I think she, you know, she is a sort of retired, sort of like, secondary caretaker for all of the nieces and nephews you know she's she loves her grandkids and all that but Mm -hmm. she did used to be a social worker so like when i first started learning how to wrap presents that's what her job was so i don't blame her for being like here small child who's very active and very creative here use that energy and fuel and put it into this for me please and i did (laughs) uh and so i I love the detail that goes into wrapping presents. Mm-hmm. I love the molding things with my hands is nice. It's mm-hmm. that good tactile mm-hmm. experience. But I just, I like making every present look a little different, a little, you know, a little bit unique to maybe who the present's for. If it's for the nieces and nephews, we sometimes divide things up based on like, oh, like this, this kid will get, you know, the these wrapping papers and like mm-hmm. these sort of color mm-hmm. stories, mm-hmm. right? Um <laughs> Yeah, no, I turn into like a Pantone ad or something. It's wild. Um, so I just I really like wrapping presents and mm-hmm. same sort of thing of like mm-hmm. I like making people presents like you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also have a track record for being like I'm gonna make them something, but instead of just not making it for a while because of chicken liver in my sewing machine, mm-hmm. I uh I just will be like, oh, that's not gonna happen. Uh, and okay, here we go. Target order, Amazon <laughs> maybe. Let's see. Uh, you Hello, know. Etsy, my old friend. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I will say, though, you do kind of go off with the wrapping. They always look very, very good. And Thank the detail you. is there. Thank you. I, I was really proud of your birthday present this year. Yeah. Uh, the third thing on this list Bring is my favorite home. thing about the holidays is Jack Black in the movie The Holiday. <laughs> yes. 
if you don't know what the holiday is, it's a wonderful holiday rom-com from the early aughts starring Jude Law, Jack Black, Cameron Diaz, and Kate Winslet. It's a fun little mix of British and American culture, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's full of some interesting, somewhat problematic ideas, you know, as is every piece of media that comes out of the 2000s. But mostly it is sweet and cute and really gets me in the spirit in a way that a lot of other holiday media doesn't. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And Jack Black in that movie going absolutely off the shits to be the man of my dreams, basically, (laughs) is just really rude of him, honestly. He's very charming in that movie. So charming. Uh, and then just generally, it's just a, it's just a fun, silly movie that's it's... also sweet and cute. And the chemistry is amazing. The storyline is cute and fun. And there's lots of big faces and names in there. And yeah, you showed yeah. me that movie. The first time I watched that was with you. Wow, I forgot about that. Yeah, so that's that is a great holiday memory for me too. And mm-hmm. I love I love the storyline between Kate Winslet's character and her neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, who is an elderly man who's retired from filmmaking and uh, they just have this, they have the sweetest friendship in the world and it's so, mm-hmm. so dear to see a friendship be treated so honorably in like a rom-com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're just, they're just very charming together. They're very fun and it's, it is such a fun movie and that is, thank you for showing it to me. That movie is where I first really understood the meaning of the word gumption. And mm. when I realized that I am full of it. <laughs> so. There you go. There you go. That kind of stuff is really my jam. And also, who can say no to Cameron Diaz incoherently singing along to <laughs> Mr. Brightside? So relatable. Uh, in the middle of nowhere in an English cottage. Um, <laughs> it's, it's really good. It is. Uh, yeah, so that's that's my little quick DT. What about you? Well, speaking of holiday rom-coms, my dopamine trampoline this year in the theme of keeping things festive is my new favorite, holiday romance. And for context, I've not really been a, like, holiday romance movie person before. Mm-hmm. It's I think not my people, favorite genre. People can probably guess that based on the fact that you had never seen the holiday until you lived with me, and we've only lived together for about two and a half, three years. This is true. This so. is true. <laughs> but I have, in the spirit of, of research and in the spirit of getting in the season, I suppose, been trying to watch more of them, expand my uh, holiday rom-com repertoire. And I did find one that is actually very much worth a watch on Netflix called Midnight at the Magnolia. And I will say I think that a significant part of the appeal of Midnight at the Magnolia for me is just that it's very niche it's it's horrifically specific to my area of interest because the plot is about two radio hosts in Chicago who have been childhood best friends. Mm-hmm. They have a radio show together. Mm-hmm. They have to pretend to date in order for the New Year's special episode of their show to get enough audience to get syndicated and also to sell enough tickets to keep the venue where they're holding it afloat and the venue where they're holding it is a jazz bar that their dads 
who are also best friends, co-own. Good. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. It's like kind of everything that I want in a movie. Would you say it's probably <laughs> everything you want in your life? Hey, Alexa, be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Alexa, shut your mouth. <laughs> um, it's... <laughs> It's just, A, a very niche setting. B, all of the friendships in it have such good chemistry because the, their their dads are best friends and it's the cutest shit in the world. And then, like, they're best friends before they start dating. And it's actually clear on the actor's chemistry instead of not being, like, weird, stilted Hallmark movie. We're a white man and a white woman, so we must kiss energy. <laughs> You know what I mean. Oh, no, I know. I just, oh. But they're, like, funny together, and they have all these little traditions, and it's just, like, it's a very sweet friendship. And it's definitely a little bit cheesy. Um, I think that they filmed it in Ontario, so they have these, like, you know, wide shots of places around Chicago, and then they're in these apartments where you're like, um, yeah, no, you couldn't afford that. Yeah. Oh, oh, wow. Like, they both, like, live alone in these, like, nice new one-bedroom apartments. And they're like, radio hosts. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, I was like, um, uh, well, hey, Hollywood. Well, Canada. And I'm just saying, but, like, hey, like, people <laughs> who make movies and stuff, could you, like, try to live like a normal human being? <laughs> Spoiler for, alert. Like, there's no money in the audio medium whatsoever. Yep. <laughs> uh, but, like, it's just very sweet because it takes, obviously, takes them the whole movie to realize they've been in love with each other the whole time. Love that. There's a straight-up jazz band in the end. Mm -hmm. It's great. Mm -hmm. Their manager is very funny. She has a very good haircut and she's just so lost in the whole plan but trying her best and I respect her. I think my only complaint with the movie is that I don't want to spoil it, but there's a, a character that the guy kind of had a thing with in high school who, like, comes back. And she should have been gay. She, sh she should have been like, <laughs> you were the last guy I dated. Just sprinkle some representation in there? Mm -hmm. Or just, like, was there a plot line you were invested in? Like, what's the... There was a, like, weird last-minute romance with the high school ex character and like some other random dude who shows up in one scene and it just like would have made a lot more sense for that to not happen and for there to have been like a little bit more clarification on what the main guy and the high school ex's dynamic was now and i think that her just like having a girlfriend would have made all of that made a lot more sense and yeah sprinkling some representation in there happy holidays lesbians but other than that except for that movie <laughs> You know, you know yeah. what we're... Yeah. So many opinions. Okay, so. Yeah, so that's my dopamine trampoline is Midnight at the Magnolia. It's a fun little rom-com to uh, get in that holiday cheer. That's what I got. All right. Yeehaw. Ho, ho, ho. Thank you. You're so welcome. Before we do sign this one out, wanted to just say thank you to all of you who have tuned into the show this is our last episode of the year we'll be back in january with a little bonus episode before we start rolling into new content but uh it means a lot to us that all of you have tuned in and spent the last like six months now 
hanging out with us, and we hope you have wonderful holidays. I'll echo that. Uh, thank y'all. You know, we just hit a thousand downloads yeah. this week. <laughs> wild. Is, yeah, wild. So thank you to all of you who have been sticking it out and sharing with friends or family or anything like that. And we just we really appreciate each and every one of y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Just thank you. Yeah. We will uh, see you on the flip side. But not by way of parkour because we can't <laughs> do that. But this has been Or Learn Parkour from Wholehearted Production Company. Yeah, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, etc. Most places that cool people find their podcasts. Special thanks to Carisha Perito for our cover art design. You can find her at Petal Hop, that's P-E-T-A-L-H-O-P, on Instagram and Twitter and Etsy. She has some fantastic Christmas stickers out right now. I just got some labels to put on my gifts this year that I'm very excited about. And a big thank you to Tom Rosenthal for the use of our intro and outro song, There is a Dark Place, off of the album Keep a Private Room Behind the Shop. You can follow us on the social meds at OrLearnParkour on Twitter, at WeRWPC on Instagram, and at WeRWPC.com. You can find links to all those juicy things, as well as links to sources, transcripts, music, all that good, 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 good stuff in our episode description. If you enjoy this podcast and want to hear more, all we want for Christmas is for you to subscribe to this feed. You can also support the show by sharing with friends or family or whomever. Strangers on the street, mayhaps. Uh, I appreciate that uh, gumption. You can also support the show by sharing with friends, family, strangers on the street, what have you. You could leave us a review or a rating on iTunes or um, what were the other ones? We're also on Good Pods and Podchaser, where you can uh, leave us some reviews. Yeah, and if you're really, really feeling the spirit of giving, which if you're not, totally fine. We get it. But Mm -hmm. we do have a Ko-Fi, and you can find a link to that in our link tree, which is in both our Twitter and Instagram bios. That is correct. Yeah, uh, before we completely dip, though, Mm -hmm. you had mentioned something, and I'm very sleepy so there's two things that I really want mm-hmm. for this holiday season. This is two things that I would really like for Christmas from you specifically. What are those? How can I make your dreams come true? Uh, the first one is to end the episode relatively soon so I can go to sleep. <laughs> okay. But the second one, yeah, and far more important right now in this immediate moment, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. give me that holiday DHD dad joke. Boy, howdy, would I love to. This is the uh, last ADH dad joke of 2020, so. Cheers, bro. I will drink to that. Buckle up. So, two folks with ADHD are sitting at a local diner, catching up, having some hash browns, probably. And uh, their conversation is all over the place, as it usually is. And they uh, circle around to cooking. And one of them says, I got a cookbook once. And uh, it was neat, but I could never do anything with it. And the other one says, oh, yeah, like too much, you know, fancy cooking stuff in there. You know, too many steps. And the other and the first one says, yeah, you know, you said it. Every single one of those recipes just doesn't work right off the bat. They all start, take a clean dish. Ouchie. (laughs) Yeah, I felt a little bit called out. Ouchie. After that last ADH dad joke of the year, I'm Jordan. And I'm Lex. And this has been the last episode of 2020 
of Forlorn Parkour. We will see you in two weeks. I'm going to go to bed, and so should all of you. And to all a good night.